show that you care for your employees. It's a lot of leaders, I, I think, care for employees, but they don't show it. They're like, yeah, I, I, I assume that my colleagues, they already know it. Hey, go out there and tell them and show them that, that you care. Because that's what actually matters in the long run as well. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Olsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Marcus Benmo, CEO and co-founder at Eltiv. And you're listening to B2B SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Hello. Marcus. <laughs> Hello, Yosef. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's Friday afternoon and I'm Friday here with afternoon. you and it's time to learn. Uh, so first thing here, to get the, the right context of you, who is Marcus? Please help me get the context of how you look at yourself. Yeah, so Marcus Wenmo, one of the founders and current CEO of, of Elitive, Master of Science and Engineering, ex-management consultant, ERP consultant, really like adrenaline sports, doing kite surfing, downhill, skiing. But of course, a work side, love to work with smart people, engaged people, driven people. That's that's gives me energy as well. So yeah, that's me. And I think you are a competitive person, right? Sounds like that. Yes, yes. I'm because so what sure. you just said before we press start recording, like you, you told me and the listeners can know that you have a competition right now at your company with working out, being healthy, etc. A great competition from my point of view. And you said, I need to win. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So still a lot of weeks left, but uh, yeah, people are taking it seriously. So it's, it's, it's a fun thing, but it's also people want to win this thing. So people yeah. are out there jog, jogging and doing exercise. So yeah, yeah, it's it's fun, but I'm gonna win it. Good. So we have truly established that you are both an entrepreneur, but really loves competition. And going back then to your company that you are a co-founder of and the CEO of, obviously because you're here in my podcast. What does your company do? Please do the elevator pitch. Yeah, super sure. So we're pretty much a modern touch on what you normally refer to as. In- previously referred to us as, as employee surveys. So a more modern search measure engagement in real time and you drive engagement with smart algorithms, smart ways of doing that, of course, using AI, machine learning and all that modern technology currently. So yep, short is what we do. Good. And if we talk about the big why then, why did you and your co-founders start Elative? Yeah, so we're uh, three co-founders, two uh, engineers, two nerds, and one uh, psychologist. So, and the, of course, the psychologist uh, had a lot of ideas on how you can actually improve well-being for a lot of individuals out there. So a lot of people that, that he met came to him because of stress. So, and if we can find a way of a proactive tool of not getting people sick in stress, 
we can, of course, save a lot of uh, money for companies out there. But we can, even more importantly, save a lot of uh, suffering for, for many individuals out there. So we want to build a proactive stress tool. Then we met a lot of people out there, a lot of uh, HR people. Uh, and we found out, hey, stress is really, really negative. What are we actually doing here? So we backed, went back to, back to the drawing board to find out, hey, we're actually measuring well-being and we're measuring engagement. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of people are seeking stress and we can find a, a good tool to actually prevent them from, from being sick and stressed. We can save a lot of money for companies, but also a lot of suffering for many individuals out there. But yeah, uh, when going back to the drawing board, we want to come to the root cause of what we're actually doing. We're actually increasing the well-being for a lot of individuals. We're increasing engagement as well. So let's frame it and mention it as, as uh, more positive terms. Uh, let's we'll say it as we do it. We, we measure and we drive engagement. We measure and drive uh, well-being. We did some changes to the tool, and then we actually, it kind of took off there as well. So we measure those important topics in real time all over the year, not only once a year. And yeah, a lot of people out there are being more engaged, have a better, better everyday work life, and of course, feeling better. And going back to you then, why, why is that important for you? I'm always curious about the why. why. Why is that helping? Why is that important for you? And I'm fishing for what gives you your drive. Yeah, so I was I was a consultant before. I was probably at 25 plus companies. I've seen a lot of people getting seeking stress, but I also seen like, hey, this is this company or this team is really well functioning. They're, they're doing really, really well. People are feeling well. They're engaged, and they're performing super high. And I was always curious about that equation. Also coming from a nerdy engineering background, I want to figure out what is the actual solution to drive companies where people are engaged and people are actually feeling better. So that's my main drive to actually yeah, know that I'm doing something good out there. Consultancy is really, really good. You can, you can, of course, earn a lot of money. You can have a good career. But that was not what actually drove me in the, in the, in the very core. I want to do something good out there. In the long run, I want to look back on my career and say, hey, I did some changes out there and the I, I, changes we did actually mattered as well. So that's, of course, in, in the very core of what I do. But on a daily basis, to work with smart, driven people, that's what really gives me energy. That's what's, what really drives me to constantly be, be challenged in, in, a, in a good way, in a healthy way. But yeah, I just love that part of, of building a company as well. Amazing. And okay, Marcus, it's time for a segment I call five quick ones. And now, now you need to be quick. I will say a word and you, you like super fast. You need to uh, shoot one word or one sentence answered. So are you ready? Yeah. Good. Here we go. And please. Most valuable assets for most companies out there, for sure. Leadership. Building trust to achieve goals. Software as a service, it's awesome. Uh, love the space, fast, fast pace, things are happening quick, so love it. Being a startup founder. That's hard work. <laughs> and the last one, the next year, 2024. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually positive, positive view on, on the market. So I'm really excited for next year. Of course, it's going to be a lot of cool technology to, to use out there. But in general sense, I'm, I'm, I have a positive feeling about 2024. 
good that there are some people out there that are optimist and not like, oh, shit, everything's <laughs> coming down. Moving on. It's now actually time for an external question. I have a, a part that is, I don't want it just to be me shooting questions. I want to lift in and lend my voice to other people, smart people in the community. So today we will be quickly joined by Anna Kalm at Ascentic. And this is her question. Hi, Marcus. What is your latest life hack helping you to manage your work life as an entrepreneur? Good uh, question, Anna. So uh, the latest uh, life hack. So right now, I would say it's it's kite surfing. That's affecting my work life so much right now. Just to go out there in the cold weather or cold water and get some adrenaline. Focus on totally other things. Focus on, on just that specific moment right there. Then you come back one, one uh, hour later and all the problems just seem like super small. Everything's uh, yeah, washes right off you. So kite surfing, that that's uh, for sure a life hack. Uh, really efficient as well. Just one hour is needed, then you're ready to go again, right? So yeah, and start if kite I'm, surfing, Anna. <laughs> if I'm not remembering the wrong thing, I think Anna, because I, I know this Anna, she's also doing surfing. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> and we can probably agree on that. <laughs> so Marcus, I want to talk about some go-to-market, one of my favorite topics. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's time let's time down here and i want to know now like the key things for uh, your main study if you're going to be detailed now uh, yeah. in, in your journey in yeah. three different steps so if we start with from nothing since you are a founder to 100,000 euros in arr yeah. what what would you say what were your m- main lessons from this part and what do you think a founder listening to this really think of in this stage yeah so at the beginning of course we've been to different struggles where should we focus where should we focus my time and so on but but now we're talking the very early this is the very start yeah 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 exactly so early stage the most valuable way of spending my time at that point was probably just to talk to uh, the people in your target group. Meet as many uh, people as you can. Don't only talk to the first customers. Talk to a lot of prospects. Go out there and meet them. Be really Try to be really, really customer-centric about those discussions as well. And trying to find out, find out what, what, are, what is the actual need. What's the real problem we're trying to solve here? And... Yeah, really, really understand their, their pains. And of course, their business drivers as well. So there to ask those questions. A lot of calling around, cold calling, using better tools, sending videos, Joseph. But uh, like reach, re- go out there, meet people, get in front of those people in your target group and start talking to them. That, that's my main key thing for, for that specific stage. Okay, so basically hustle mode on and yeah. yes, yeah, quantity over quality within, of course, at the group you think you want to help solving and then just narrow it down to what their core problem is. And do that as a founder as well. That you Don't send any salesperson to do all that. Do that as a founder. You will go back and you will you have a big impact on the product and actually how to build that product. 
suiting the, the needs that you, you see on the market as well. Okay, uh, so I we have done this. Really cool. We have done this. We have reached, you have reached 100K plus in error. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? You, you are aiming for the 1 million, the 1 million error. What, what is happening in, in here? Yeah, so I can see that in my journey, it's, it's a part where we actually need to improve my talent management skills as well, because this is a part where you're actually a bit operational, pretty much everywhere in the business, but you also need to be a great leader, right? So we also see that... that you, do, you, do, you don't need to do that, but it, it will be easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but to be able to actually do a lot of things, because you know a lot of things of the business, you've probably been on to most of the roles yourself at specific point as well. So, but you also need to be a good leader because, because you will most likely have a lot of people around you that needs to be uh, motivated, be inspired as well. So how, how many I, people, I really have... how many people were you when you left the 100 K stage and entering the stage we're talking now? Uh, what, what was like the head count? It was probably around uh, below 10 people. I would say. Okay, in the first segment, 10 people. And now the segment we're talking about, 10 to how many? How many did you grow into? So currently we're we're 85. So we've been into different different phases. But the first stage, of course, is founders. Next stage is probably around 10 people. 100K to 1 million uh, euros. And we have been growing rapidly since. For sure. Okay, so, so you were around 10 people, you needed to be more of a leader and not just you uh, like three people, uh, except uh, more time management and leadership. W what is What was the main things then there in that stage? Yeah, so of course you only have a limited energy and amount of time, right? So you need to, of course, talk to both investors, but also to, to your, your employees and your, your, your colleagues. And to be inspiring, to actually be visionary, because you don't have that much to rely on in a specific phase. We don't have that many customers. We don't need having that huge amounts of ARR. So you need to also be able to paint that vision and yeah. to get people with you on that journey, right? So I think it's super important, but also be there supporting them in their daily tasks, because they, they will meet prospects that's super hard to, to close. You meet customers that's that's... that's not very satisfied because the product is not, not, not great enough and the product needs to be improved and it needs to be in those discussions as well. So be available, be supportive, but at the same time you need to do your job because you're still in a pretty bit operational mode because you don't have that many employees to do all the work that's, that's required. Okay. I, so time, I, I, time I, management I, is, is of course important and to actually rethink all the tasks you do. Is this the most critical right now? Is, is this critical for business? Or can this wait? No, it can wait two, wait two weeks. Then you push it two weeks. So um, it, yeah. maybe maybe now we turn into more leadership and not uh, go to market. Uh, go to market like strategy uh, potentially. So maybe I will cut that this last two minutes away. I will I will releasing it again. If we go back to the segment of one hundred k. To one million euro an hour. What would you say are the main go-to-market strategies here? Are you are you shifting more inbound, outbound? What what was what were you doing at that point? Yeah, so I would say that that we're coming from a really strong outbound focus. We did a, of course some inbound, but to actually go out there and and trying to call, I don't know, email, go 
go on LinkedIn, meet them on, on face-to-face events and trying to, we, we did, we were, we were really outbound heavy at that part as well. Okay. So, um, yeah, main focus for us for us to actually having smart, talented colleagues that were great on outbound and they had experience from doing outbound before as well. Did you find product market fit at this stage before 1 million? When did that kick in? So I think we found it. Yeah, we, we probably found that specific market fit a bit earlier, I think. But then we kept on improving that market fit to actually say that, hey, now, now it's, it's taken off for sure. But as a sales-driven organization as well, we, we actually, yeah, we, yeah. We, we were really driven of, of, of course, improving our product all the time, but to actually get those customers in, seeing that journey and then making those changes to, to the product as well. Right. And if, yeah. we talk, and if we go to the stage you're in right now, right? If I'm not complete out, over 1 million, but not yet reached 10 million in AR. What is the main things here regarding your go-to-market? Yeah, so uh, yeah, at this point, you can't be involved in all the details, right? So you need to have a smart people uh, around you. So we have a really, really great outbound team with great managers that's, that's doing a real structured way of, of reaching out. We're being, as a nerdy engineer, I'm being really, really nerdy also when it comes to the sales processes and to measure everything. But then, you of, of course, also need to combine that with, with the people dimension as well, of course. But to really measure everything, being really, really structured in onboard of people and yeah, getting that outbound engine running. But at the same time, you also need to have that strong inbound engine as well. Because uh, at this stage, we, we can't fully rely on, on us being outbound heavy. So uh, yeah, we, we're uh, balancing inbound and outbound. I think we're, we're getting really strong in both areas right now. Sales-driven organizations, we don't do PLG and those things at the moment. So traditional outbound and inbound, and it's working better and better every day. So you're improving that machinery for sure. Nice. And since you have told me and the listeners that you have been and still are partly quite heavily outbound driven, I'm super curious to talk about some outreach. Uh, and not like how you are doing your outreach. I'm more curious about your preferred way of being contacted as the buyer. Uh, so, Marcus, what is the best way to do outreach to you? Yeah, so it needs to be personalized. It needs to be short. It needs to be relevant, right? I would prefer to have it in person. But normally you don't have a lot of people running around at our office pitching to us. So maybe after this. Yeah, maybe after this. <laughs> but of course, video, info, phone, email works as well. But if it's not personalized, if it's too long, I will not even bother reading it or listening to it. So it needs to be short and relevant. It needs to be like, this is not a mass send out, I can tell. And then I will probably spend some time on it. And would you... Off record, uh, I think you uh, through the the hand not meeting camera, so you said you said it up. Oh. Uh, nice, right? Okay, uh, so would you say if you need to choose platform, would you say your preferred way of being contacted uh, in a successful outreach? Think, think of one of the latest successful ones that got your attention. 
Was it phone, LinkedIn or email? Uh, it was phone. And, or or, or uh, regret saying this, Joseph, but it, it was phone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> okay, and but uh, yeah, it was short, and the one before that it was email. So, yeah. but it, it, they, they were both really short. They were really personalized. I felt that they, they have done the research. All the things that mentioned were relevant to my business and to what I do. So and the, the time was I have right now. Yeah. Yeah, the time. Okay. Super interesting. It, it so often comes down to these main things. The timing, yeah. the personalization, that it's not too generic, and bullet straight to the point. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for sharing, uh, Marcus, and helping me and the listeners uh, be better at outreach. Uh, and now it's time for a topic of your choice. And this means that I will sip it and don't fear the narrative. <laughs> and the only thing you need to think of here is that you need to talk about something for two, five, six minutes, uh, three minutes, that you are super nerdy and feel passion for. The floor is yours. Good. Thank you. And uh, it's always nice to, to have that space to be nerdy because I love being nerdy in a lot of topics, but the one I will talk about right now and I'm really passionate about is to actually build empathy in your business. And uh, yeah, so I, I could probably say, as I mentioned before, Joseph, in, during my previous year as a consultant and uh, also in, in the current business I, I build, uh, you probably see when, when there's, you don't have those professional leaders, you don't have those expert leaders around you, you, have, uh, you don't have those colleagues that you trust. You don't perform as well as, as a team as either. And I really, really feel like the, the main way to build trust is to show that you actually care and that your colleagues show that you actually care. And our leaders in organization, they're, they're, they actually care. And to build in that empathy, it's okay to, to actually set up room and space in your, your, your calendar to actually go and talk to your colleagues, understand your colleagues, and show that empathy to your colleagues as well. That's a really, really good way of, of actually building that trust and setting that foundation for high performance teams in, in yeah, as all, pretty much across all the businesses I've seen so far. So yeah, be vulnerable, showing that empathy, show empathy to others and listen to, to their challenges and, and trying to, of course, support them if that's possible. But make, you have to make room for that as well. Don't go into operation mode and just start working on reading those emails. Make room and time for, for your colleagues as well and show that empathy. So um, I'm really, really nerdy about that as well, to actually build those high-performance team and to actually build that trust as a foundation. And then you can, of course, go into those different phases. You need to go through the healthy conflict, as you probably read in a lot of different uh, management literature uh, out there. You probably uh, also need to go into the uh, commitment phase, but you also need, need to set all those milestones to actually start pushing those results. And if you don't have that trust in the beginning, uh, you start pushing those results right away. You will not get people with you and you will for sure not get those results either. So uh, building that foundation, not only me, but also the leaders and the colleagues around the whole organization. I think that's, that's really, really key. And I think the basis to that is actually 
build that empathy as a foundation layer in the in the in the trust part. Does it make sense, Josef? Is, is, is it yeah, uh, yeah, not, not want... too fluffy? Yeah, that, that's the thing I was coming to. I, w- I want to take this one more layer concrete as to start with. Some part was super concrete, but but, but from my point of view, I feel like, oh, it's so important and it's so overwhelming where to start. The first step, like you said, was building the foundation of trust. Where do I start? The first step in, in my motion towards that, how should one start? So you can probably figure out where are we in this journey if we're not meeting those results and people feel like, hey, results are not achievable and uh, they blame the results or blame other things. You probably need to set the foundation first. You probably need to build that trust, right? Yeah. And it's good to start is to actually talk to your colleagues that works closest to you. Like, hey, do you, do you trust me? Do we have trust for each other? And trying to get to that core of the conversation to actually find out, do we trust each other or are we sharing also are our mistakes or are people only telling me what i want to hear so you need to figure out where are you in that journey right now how much trust do i have from from the people around me and then you can probably build from that foundation depending on where you are in that journey but if you don't start building that trust showing that empathy it'll be super hard to achieve all those others parts that need to be done in, in order to achieve uh, your goals as a team as well so, so basically, would, do, do, yeah, do the mapping of where you are. Hopefully you'll get some straight answers from the people around you and start to build a trust, show some vulnerability. Hopefully they're also vulnerable back. Doing mistakes is fine. And then you're building that empathy. And you, you show that you care for your employees. It's a lot of leaders, I, I think, care for employees, but they don't show it because, yeah, they're like, yeah, I, I, I assume that my colleagues, they already know it. I, I assume that they already know that I care for them. Hey, go out there and tell them and show them that, that you care. Because that's what actually matters in the long run as well. Good. And yeah, I actually think we are entering the roundup now. We only have a few questions left. What top one to three things would you tell yourself to think of that you now know that you didn't know for like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, trust your instincts. Uh, trust your stomach feeling. That that's that's will help you in a lot of cases. Hire a great CRO head of sales early on. That that would, that, would, that was probably earlier than than I did. That will that will help you a lot and save a lot of time. And also, of course, problem solving is a, is a key skill that you need to have as a CEO. You need to, you're solving problems pretty much all the time. But I would probably tell my younger self that, hey, you, some problems don't need to be solved today or tomorrow. You, you can push them. You can solve them next Wednesday. And the, the world will not come to an end. So, yeah, do uh, harder prioritization, but don't solve all the problems at once there's normally some room to actually sleep or work out instead meet meet friends <laughs> have a life except your startup exactly, exactly. exactly. okay and the, the very last question this is a life motto like favorite words think of it how you would end a public speech if you would do it in front of a big crowd marcus can you share one of your favorite life mottos. Yeah, so 
I try to be a positive person and just saying, hey, be positive. That don't really work because you always, of course, also have days. You have Mondays that feels horrible. But I try to keep on reminding myself that, that there's a quote from, from Wayne Dyer saying that when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And uh, if I start thinking about that and you see all the problems uh, and trying to have more solution oriented, positive mindset about it, the problems actually go smaller as well. So I try to remind myself about that as well and to focus on the positive parts, if that makes sense. Yeah. Deep. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to end like, like this. And now I'm quickly shifting the focus to you who has been listening. Two quick ones. Number one, if you got value from Marcus, please tell a friend a colleague, whoever, to listen to Marcus in B2B SaaS And thing number two, press the subscription button. We have great guests coming here every week. And Marcus, a huge thank you for putting aside around 30 minutes to get with me, to help me, but mainly the community to keep on learning. Thank you so much, Joseph. It was great being on our pod. Cause I-